Chapter 18 of Jerry McCauley, His Life and Work by Jerry McCauley and edited by Robert M. Offord. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kristen Hand. Chapter 18, Water Street Meeting Concluded. He loveth me, O joy divine, celestial light doth round me shine, and though unworthy I may be, I know that Jesus loveth me. The man now speaking is a truck man. I was once as bad a man as there was in this ward, but I had a praying mother, and God heard her prayers at last, when I got so low that I couldn't help myself. I had plenty of money once, but I spent it all for rum. When I first came into this mission, I was without a dollar, without a friend, and without a home. I had nothing but hard knocks, but I've got a good home now and everything I need. I have made some sad falls since I began to serve the Lord, but I trust I have been forgiven. A young man says, I thank the Lord Jesus that he saves me tonight from being in a rum shop or down in a ditch with somebody beating my eyes out. He gives me a desire to be with God's people. Immediately, another says, with tears in his eyes, When I first came in here, I wasn't fit to be seen. I was a perfect wreck. Nobody would have anything to do with me, not even my family. I was such an outcast. But Jesus has saved me and kept me now nearly two years. What a Savior that is who takes you up after everybody else has thrown you down. I'm so thankful to him. I wonder at myself when I think of the change the blessed Jesus has made in me and my home. He has given me a home that's a perfect heaven on earth. Then another young man says, I shall never forget the night of October 18, 1879, when the Lord Jesus gave me a new heart in this room. He has suppressed my appetite for intoxicating drinks. He helps me to resist temptation, and he makes my life all sunshine. A man who speaks with difficulty rises and says, I was brought up with the roughest men. There was a gang of 12 of us. Three of them have been hung. I lived right round here, knew all about sin, never knew anything about God, didn't care. Got up and went to bed every day just the same. Sometimes was cruising round all night. I had a little boy that died. I loved my boy, never loved anything else so much. I felt bad when he died, sat looking at him in the coffin and thought about death. Then somebody came along and gave me a little book what told about this mission. I read two pages of testimonies. I began to think about God. I came here to get that same religion. I've been coming ever since. I was in the house that stood here in 49, a dance house. I was a boy 13 years old then. Thank God I have a Savior now for 21 months. I'm sending my children to school to learn what their father didn't know. I'm fetching up my children in the fear of the Lord. A man rises and announces himself as a stranger. I never was in here before, but going by the door I heard the singing and thought I'd come in. I believe the Holy Spirit is working in me and gives me courage to stand up. I had a good praying mother. I ran away from her 19 years ago when I was 17 years old, and I haven't seen her since. I've been a drinker and a wanderer all about the world. These testimonies touch my heart. I feel a desire to live a better life. I want to ask you to pray for me that I may be saved. Prayers are offered on this request, and then we sing. Come, ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. He is able, he is willing, doubt no more. This young man has been well educated. I never knew what it was to be poor until I became a drunkard. I've been a journalist, 
For several years, I was proofreader in the government printing office at Washington. I lost my position through the use of alcoholic drinks, and when I first came into this room, well, a scarecrow with any respect for his calling would have blushed at me, would have left his place in the cornfield and walked out when he saw me coming. I had been on a spree for seven weeks, was in rags, houseless, homeless, and friendless. I was impressed with the sincerity and earnestness of the testimonies I heard here. I found sympathizing friends here. Tonight, I rejoice in a Savior and have in my heart the evidence of sins forgiven. I am now eight weeks old in the Christian life, and I pray that I may be faithful to the end. This speaker is a companion of the last. They came to the mission together from a rum shop in Chatham Square, where they had spent most of their time. Ten of their companions in that place have followed them here, one after the other, and all are living the new life. It is now nearly eight weeks since I gave my heart to God, and when I remember all his loving kindness to me, my heart is full. I was a miserable drunkard cast off by my family and had no object in life except to get money to spend for liquor. I came here from curiosity one evening, and being vividly impressed by the testimonies, I went forward when the invitation was given, and on my knees asked God to forgive me for the past. He mercifully heard my prayer. He has taken the desire of strong drink away from me and given me assurance that I am one of his children. Jesus is very precious to me every day. I ask to be remembered in your prayers. This speaker is another convert from the same place. I shall never forget the night when I first entered that door, all broken up, good for nothing, without hope and without friends. I had been serving the devil for 42 years. I graduated number one in his school. What did he do for me? He left me without five cents in my pocket. I see some of my old companions standing near the door there now. You needn't drop your heads down. You needn't feel ashamed to be here. It was here I first found hope and encouragement. If you will give me an extra minute, I would like to tell a short story connected with my new life. About 12 months ago, a motherless girl, only 14 years of age, whose father was a drunken outcast on the streets of New York, became a Christian. Soon after, she called on a Christian lady and said, I have read in the Bible that where two or three are met together in Christ's name, there he is also. I want to ask the privilege to have a prayer meeting in your house every morning before I go to school to pray for my father, and as God may not know whose father we are praying for, let us repeat his name in every prayer. For months they prayed, but God did not answer. At last, on the ninth of the 28th of September, 1879, that father wandered into this mission and knelt weeping in penitence, asking God for Christ's sake to pardon his sins. That child was my daughter, and tonight I thank God that I have found the way of salvation. This man is a marble polisher. It will take a long time to tell what Jesus has done for me. It's nigh three and twenty months since I first came into this mission. I wasn't sober then. I had just stolen the last penny that my wife had in the house. When I came in that door, I thought I was coming into a sing-song place. My oldest girl, 11 years old, never slept on a bed until after I came here. The children laid down on a bundle of rags in the corner and got up ready dressed in the morning because they slept in their clothes. You ought to see my wife and children now, if you want to know what a change the religion of Jesus has made in my home. Tonight, Jesus saves me from being a drunkard, a gambler, and a thief. I thank God that I am now what he intended me to be, an honest, laboring man. I can go through the streets tonight a free man in Christ Jesus. A young man who speaks very earnestly says, When I first came in here, I was almost dragged up to the front. 
but I'm glad to come to the front now. I'm so glad this religion is free to all. I'm so glad it's as good for the drunkard as for the moral man. When God called Noah to make the ark, he done it just as much for the mosquito as for the elephant. When my mother died, I was drunk. I went to look at her dead body. I kissed her cold lips, but I couldn't shed a tear. But when Jesus showed me my heart, I could cry. I was in prison Thanksgiving Day a year ago, but now Jesus saves me and feeds and takes good care of me. Pray for me. A young man says with emotion, I shall never forget Thanksgiving night, 1879, when I first came in here. I was a drunkard. If I ever had a good thought, I took a drink to wash it out. I found friends and the Savior here. Now I'm drinking from heaven and don't thirst any more. Another rises and says, I can testify tonight for Jesus that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Another man says, When I came into this mission two years and eight months ago, I was a poor lost drunkard. I hadn't hardly any shoes on my feet. Now I'm not in want of shoes or anything else. I can't thank the dear Jesus enough for what he has done for me. He gives me peace and joy in my heart all the time. This man is employed in Jersey City. My dear friends, I once led a wild and reckless life. I came into this mission three years ago and gave my heart to my Savior. I erected a family altar in our home. It is a regular little paradise now. We always used to have a fight and tumble down before we went to bed. Now we always have prayers. His wife rises and says, I thank God for the patience he had with me in my wicked life and for saving me now. I praise his holy name tonight and I pray he will always keep me humble. A young man says, I thank God when I think what I am and what I was 11 months ago. After trying repeatedly to save myself, I gave my heart to God and he has made a new man of me. When I started, I found the road kind of hard on account of being brought up Catholic, but I learned to take everything to Jesus and found him always ready to hear my prayer. I once had a strong appetite for drink, but I got so I couldn't earn enough to satisfy it and I became dishonest and had to serve a couple of terms in prison. But I thank God I am a free man now in Christ. This man, about 54 years old, has spent more than half his life in 11 different English and American prisons. He says, This blessed Jesus saves me from being a thief. My parents were thieves. When I was eight years old, I was in the same prison with my mother and aunt. I was transported to Van Diemen's Land for seven years, and I've got on my back the marks of the floggings I received there nigh 40 years ago for trying to run away. I kept on stealing and was sent to Australia for 10 years, and when I got out, I was stealing again, and they sent me to Gibraltar for five years. I was three years in a solitary cell and never came out. God gave me health and strength, and in all the times I was coming out of prison, I tried not to steal anymore, but I had stealing on the brain. When I came into this mission on the 18th day of March, 1878, I was just down from Sing Sing, where I had been doing four years. But God has taken the desire for stealing out of my heart and put a better desire there. And I haven't had a thought to steal since. I am trying to serve God now. I ask an interest in all your prayers. This man is a porter in a warehouse. There is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And I am glad tonight to testify that there is no condemnation for me. Jesus Christ is a perfect savior. He saves me completely. I feel the truth of that in my heart every day, and we can all have the witness of the Spirit in our hearts at any time if we only let Jesus give it to us. I thank God that I am not knocking around this ward tonight as I was three years ago, beating some fellow man and spending my evenings in large beer saloons, drinking and cursing and taking God's name in vain. 
O blessed be God for this salvation, which is free to all. This man, a Swede, has been connected with the mission's work for several years. He says, My youth was spent in smuggling. At the age of 14, I lost a beloved brother in that nefarious business, which changed my way of life and sent me to sea from London. I was convicted of sin while on board the ship Black Adder in Shanghai River after I had challenged a man to fight. God's Holy Spirit touched me and I resolved to lead a better life. After three months, the Lord sweetly forgave me while I was working ballast in the ship's hold at Hong Kong and tonight he saves me. The testimonies are ended by the singing of a hymn after which Jerry again speaks. He gives an invitation to all persons who are tired of sin and want to live a better life and to all backsliders to stand up and come forward towards the platform for prayers. We're going to have prayers now. Don't you want to be saved tonight? Who will stand up for prayers? There's one, there's two, three, there's another. Don't be afraid to stand up. It don't make any difference what kind of clothes you've got on. Satan is telling some of you not to do it. He holds you back. I tell you, Satan is no friend of yours. He goes around putting up all sorts of jobs on sinners and he makes it pretty hot sometimes. You can't get the best of him. You've got to call upon the Lord for assistance if you want to get rid of your bad habits, and you've got to keep asking for it till he gives it. He won't be long about it. Ask and you shall receive, is what he says. We need his help, every soul of us, great and small. When I see people who think themselves smart and cunning, dabbling in sin and forgetting God, I wonder they ain't suddenly snapped off, squelched just where they are. They all need help. Put them all in a bag, the rich sinners and the poor sinners, and shake them up. Do you think there'd be any difference in them when they came out? You hear some people saying the Bible is a sham and religion is all a hoax. Well, it may be to them, but it's God's power to me. Yes, look at me, friends. Once I was a loafer and a rough, never knew what it was to be contented and happy. Head on me like a mop, big scar across my nose all of the time. I had an old red shirt and a hat that looked as if it had been hauled up out of a tar pot. If I had a coat, it was one of the kind with the cuffs up here to the elbows. Split open in the back. Latest style. Do you see? You couldn't find any drunken rowdy on the corner worse lurking than I was. I cursed God. I held up my hands and cursed him for giving me existence. Why had he put me in a hell on earth? Why had he made me a thief and a drunkard while he gave other people wealth and pleasure? And then I suddenly thought that he had done none of those things. It was I that brought myself to what I was. Yes, I did it myself. I made myself a drunkard and a thief and then went and accused God of it. Oh, God is good, my friends. He is wise. He is merciful. If you want common sense, who don't? Ask him for it. Some people say, ah, I'm too bad. God wouldn't give me a show. That's all a mistake. He can save the vilest sinner. God will take what the devil would almost refuse. The very worst people are welcome to him. Didn't he save the thief on the cross? I knew a man who came in here to this place to lick another for saying, Jesus saves me. Well, Jesus saved that very man himself. He came looking for a fight here, but the fight was all knocked out of him. God did it. He went away like a cur trembling in a sack and he became a good Christian man and he's a Christian now. That's the way it is. Jesus is willing to save everyone who asks him honestly to do it. My friends, I want to tell you that it pays to serve Jesus. He's a good friend. I used to hang round that rum shop on the corner and they were glad enough to have me there as long as my money lasted. But when that was gone, Jerry, take a walk. Take a walk around the block and cool off. I felt the insults down in my heart. It stung me. But I couldn't help it. I was such a slave to my appetite. 
I hadn't a friend in the world, but I can tell you it's not so now. I have had friends and everything I need since I began to love and serve Jesus. Just look at me. Do I look like a fraud now? I'm a new creature inside and out. I'm honest. I'm clean and respected and happy. Why, those rich rum sellers over there respect me now. They call me Mr. Macaulay. Good morning, Mr. Macaulay. They are very polite. Do you see? I can go into a bank now and the president will ask me into his private office while the big guns have to stand outside. Sit down, sir. What can I do for you? And then he'll take me around and introduce me to the cashier. Ha! Twelve years ago, if he'd seen me coming into his bank, he'd have set the dogs on me or send for a policeman to run me out. Afraid I'd steal all the money. Can't you see what the religion of Jesus has done for me? I tell you, the religion of Jesus makes a wonderful change in a man. I've got good friends and a good home and a good wife, and I've got money in my pocket besides a clean heart full of joy and peace. The blessed Jesus has done it all. Do you want to know how to get those things? The Bible says how. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There was a time when I'd cut a man's throat for a $5 bill and kick him overboard. Do you suppose I'd do it now? Eh? Why not? Because I've got the grace of God in my heart. Jesus saves me, and he can save any man. There's not a poor homeless fellow here tonight that isn't welcome to salvation. Jesus says, Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. And the Bible says, He tasted death for every man. Yes, Jesus died for every poor fellow that hasn't got any home or friends tonight. Won't you come to him and let him save you? Won't you come now? After this invitation, some of the converts canvass the assembly and encourage everyone to come forward for prayers who is inclined to do so, while all stand up and unite in singing a penitential hymn. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. All kneel down where one or two prayers are offered. Then each of the newcomers is asked to pray for himself. On such occasions, 15 or 20 poor, miserable men may sometimes be seen on their knees, a position in which most of them were never seen before. To the suggestion to pray for themselves, some of them reply, I can't. I don't know how. I never prayed in my life. I can't pray in English. But when told that Jesus understands all languages and that prayer is only asking him sincerely for what they most want, and that if the heart is right and honest, the words are of little importance, because he looks at the heart and not at the lips, they exclaim, sometimes sobbing, O oh God, save me. O oh God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. O oh God, take away my appetite for rum. O oh Jesus, I have been a very bad man. I want to do right. Help me. O oh Lord, scratch out my sins and keep them scratched out. Make my bed in heaven, O Lord. O Lord, forgive the past of my life and bless my aged mother tonight who don't know where I am. Others, not knowing what to say, have repeated something which was taught them in childhood by religious parents. Evidences of early religious instruction are often revealed by the suppliants on these occasions, even by men who have become gray-haired in sin. Among the wretched men who for the first time prayed for themselves was the one who repeated the Lord's Prayer, another repeated a part of the Apostles' Creed, and another the infant's prayer, now I lay me down to sleep, etc. These words, reminiscences of a time long ago, when a loving mother watched over him and prayed for him, may be supposed to represent what the man in his penitence wanted to say but did not know how. The result of these meetings is thus constantly illustrating the truth that every man is a sinner, and that Jesus is the only Savior, and that he is able and willing to save immediately the vilest wretch who comes like the leper, 
beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Mark 1, 40. It is gratifying to be able to record the fact that the Water Street meeting is still carried on. Souls are saved there constantly. It is one of the many flourishing memorials of Jerry's redemption and consecration to Christ. It is no doubt true. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is oft interred with their bones. But this is not always the case. Through God's mercy, it is not so in the case of Jerry Macaulay. There are very many souls, some in glory and others yet upon earth, who were led to Christ through his instrumentality. And this is not all. For besides this, it is a blessed fact that the means and forces which he was permitted to put in operation for the salvation of lost men and women remain and are still richly owned and blessed of God to that end. End of chapter 18